0: I have to respond, right? I'm a respondent. So I guess a respondent is someone who is responsible for someone else's talk. And uh, so I will make myself entirely responsible for what uh, Etienne just said, which means that I will just provide some context uh, for Etienne's talk, including actually some context that comes from Etienne's work, which he didn't uh, really uh, mention here, which he alluded to. Uh, so. First, uh, why is there a question uh, with anti-humanism? Why is that an interesting question, after all? Uh, What is at stake here? So we say that what is at stake was uh, an encounter or a relation, I dare not say correlation, between political questions and, let's say, scientific questions, uh, questions of um, Action and questions of knowledge. So, and it's not only historical questions. So, it's cl- it's true that anti-humanism is identified with a particular moment in French philosophy in the sixties. Uh, but this question of humanism is actually central uh, for us even today. And here I'm thinking of all these philosophical projects uh, which claim today human nature. Uh, so these are, for instance, virtue ethics or what is called perfectionist ethics, uh, which is very popular in the Anglophone world, and which, um, to, I think, the surprise of many of us, you know, coming from another tradition, uh, say that uh, it is reasonable to make of the human uh, a value which both needs to be objectively investigated, so what is it that we are, really, and needs to be promoted practically. That is, how can can we make the world in such a way that the human nature, which is in us already, can flourish? Human flourishing being uh, the the only legitimate goal for practical action and institutional frameworks. So humanism is not dead. On the contrary, actually, humanism is central to some of the most active currents in contemporary Anglican philosophy. And as you can see, it associates the notion of value, so human as a value, and the problem of knowledge, right? So if we claim that the human is a value, how do we know that this is human than something else? That's uh, and of course that's the key. uh, That's the key question, and that was already the key question in uh, the French context of the 60s. It was also the idea that we uh, under the name humanism we had both a norm and a fact, something that was at the same time uh, to be promoted, but also to be discovered. And this ambiguity characterizes uh, man, or the human, as uh, a general notion. I think Etienne's work, in general, is actually, uh, or must be understood in a broader context, which involves uh, an attempt to both in a certain way preserve the legacy of, I would say, modern politics, that is this attempt at um, accepting some forms of radical break from the tradition and in such a way uh, trying to define some some points of universality, uh, some points that can be universalized. So politics would be uh, that activity that in a certain way tries to bring forward a certain number of universal truth, or universal uh, propositions. And uh, that we would call the modern proposition, in a way. We could call it that way. But at the same time, it was, of course, to take into account uh, some of the criticisms that have been made of uh, the uh, after effects of this form of modern universalism, which includes, of course, new forms of oppression, for instance, colonialism itself. Okay, so I think that's the general context. So, what, how, can, how can we navigate in uh, these contexts in which uh, we want at the same time to preserve this notion of universality, but also to recognize that uh, this notion of universality has, can have itself its um, negative or oppressive elements? And I think Etienne would not agree that it would be enough to uh, find, under man as a universal notion, the disguise of particular entities like the bourgeois class, for instance, or the male uh, or the male uh, colonial figure. Uh I I think uh that's not Etienne's point. He wants to take into account this form of negative deconstruction of universality, but he doesn't want I think to restrict himself uh, to that. So what does that that have to do with man? Well, it happens that the notion of man in the philosophical tradition has been identified precisely with the bearer of universality. So what is man? Man is this entity that is capable of being more than an entity, or of being related to things which are not, but could be, or probably should be. So man is this entity that is in relation to universal truth. Now the question is, what Characterizes, if you want, man is this entity that is determined by its relation to the indeterminate, to, cap- to its capacity to overcome so, determinations so in general, capacity for universality. The question being immediately: okay, uh, is, is that a particular being? And uh, the answer is generally yes. So we we mustn't be uh, tricked by. Uh, this general idea that universality implies that we disregard particularities. And I have in mind actually what uh, Badiou wants to do, and we will talk about Badiou a bit later, Uh, but I would call that inhumanism. That's what Badiou uh, calls his own project. Inhumanism is actually not like anti-humanism. And we say Etienne is more like an anti-humanist, which is someone who does take into consideration the need for the notion of man in some sense. So what is inhumanism? Well, inhumanism, that would be my argument, is nothing but humanism itself. What is humanism is precisely this idea that there is an entity that is defined by its entirely negative dimension. So there is actually nothing particularly extraordinary in Heidegger's trick that consists in replacing the notion of man, or anthropos, by the notion of dasein, by its relation to pure negation. This, in fact, if you read, for instance, Pic de la Mirandole or Dolbach, Ah. we didn't need to wait for Heidegger or Sartre to understand that man was a purely negative force, or the force to negate everything that it can be related to. That is actually the uh, common heritage of philosophy, including Hegel, including uh, Kant to some extent. And we'll come back to Kant, who, as usual, is more clever. Uh, So uh, anti-humanism is actually caught in this problem that it tries to define our capacity for universal. And uh, in fact, it ends up by saying, well, there is something that is characteristic of these entities that are capable of universality. And I think Etienne is interested in these uh, uh, characteristics. And a good example of that is, of course, uh, in fact, the the cogito itself, or the notion of reason, if you want, itself. who is capable of universality? Well, in fact, when you when you when you start asking that question, you will make you will start making differences. The first difference is the difference. Well, I should say the first difference is the difference between human and animal. The human is defined by precisely its extraction from, its resistance to, its overcoming of animality. It's a an super animal. Well, so um, that's one first thing. What Etienne would say that okay. That kind of difference here, is it an empirical difference, or is it a transcendental difference? Well, in fact, you can see that it's an empirical difference that is the condition of possibility for making of an empirical being the bearer of the transcendental itself, that is, of the capacity for uh, branding objective statements too. So the difference between the human and and the animal is not a very stable difference. And same with the difference between madness and reason. It's a difference which is, in fact, within myself. So I have to exclude, or I have to prevent myself from being mad or becoming mad, or accepting that I might be mad, as uh, Descartes famously puts it, and uh, Foucault on it, in order precisely to recognize myself as capable of reason, that is, of having a relation to universality. That difference, too, between sane and insane is an odd difference, because it's a difference that, at the same time, is empirical. It's difference between kinds of beings. There are determinations here. But it's also uh, a difference that conditions the possibility for uh, a transcend- transcendental being, or being the bearer of transcendental structures. OK, and that, I think, is uh, where Etienne wants to remain. He wants to remain on uh, these these limits in a certain way in which the difference is a condition of possibility uh, for the universality itself again we're not not saying that behind the universal subject there is in fact a particular class of entity, we're not saying that we're saying that the, the real condition of possibility for universality is actually to practice an internal differentiation of oneself And that is a fact, a kind of historical fact, or a kind of deconstructive uh, fact. Uh, So that complicates the game considerably, because you can neither say that you will disregard differences and particularities, uh, neither say uh, that you will actually uh, reduce everything to them. Again, you will make a difference in the condition of possibility for universality. So I think that's uh, what's behind Etienne's uh, interest in this question of uh, anthropology and philosophical anthropology. It's again to, 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 to try to now say, OK, our goal, our, the duty of a political and philosophical anthropology would be actually to situate what are actually these differences for us today. It might not be the same for everyone. What are these differences? that, in a way, reopen the condition of possibility of a universal project, which is not, of course, beyond the differences, uh, but uh, made possible by them. So that's, I would say, the, the general context and the importance of this uh, interest in anti-humanism and humanism. Uh, now, uh, the question whether that has anything to do with transdisciplinarity or not is actually an interesting question. I would just like to make a few remarks about that. Uh, so, some of the Thank remarks, no, no problem. Class. Uh, <laughs> <At> uh, <laughs> so, s- some of these remarks have to do um, with Struco, indeed. So, uh, as Etienne said, uh, this polemic, this discussion about um, anti humanism has had two moments. I think that's uh, Etienne's thesis. And I would actually say that um, at least the Clearly, the second moment is linked to, uh, transdisciplinary projects in the human sciences, or in the social sciences, or in the cultural sciences. So what is Foucault interested in? He's interested in precisely the relation between some transformations between, in the, in the history of social sciences, and some philosophical questions. So what is Foucault's real invention there, I think? It's, he wants to show that, uh, philosophy is in fact conditioned by the very epistemic practices that it pretends to condition. And so Foucault, uh, and I, the, he takes that from Kathira, interestingly enough. Uh, he, he had read Kathira at the time. He actually published a very short article. I think it was in La quinzaine littéraire, or Nouvelle observateur, I don't remember exactly, where he was... Uh, Welcoming the translation of Cassire in French, who wasn't translated very much then, and he said, Well, what Kant wanted to uh, give a foundation for particular empirical knowledges, Cassire showed that transcendental philosophy itself is conditioned by some transformations within empirical sciences. So it's philosophy itself that has to accept its own its own condition. So, if you want, anti-humanism is a kind of surface effect within philosophy of some ongoing tra- transformations within epistemic practices. Now, we'd like to respond, and I think to respond in the sense of more like to, to respond for Foucault, <laughs> to uh, Etienne's remark about the, 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 the question of the ambivalence, maybe, or the oddity of Foucault's game there, where it seems at the same time, to use the notion of episteme, how do you say it properly in English? Episteme, episteme. So, have you like? Okay, so matter And uh, so, he uses the notion of episteme that looks like so. One would say structuralist notion that is a notion, an objectivist notion, if not even a positivistic notion, as if there were things within scientific discourses that determine and constrain them. And something like a history of being in the Heideggerian style. So, what is Foucault doing? Is he trying to provide a kind of scientific framework in order to objectify what's happening in scientific, in the history of sciences, or is he trying to do a form of um, history of being in the Heideggerian style? And of course, the answer is well, uh, he's trying actually to neutralize this option. That's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to displace things in such a way that this distinction precisely between the empirical and the speculative would be suspended. And the question is, how does he do that? Well, he does that precisely uh, by setting to uh, himself as a philosopher a very anthropological task in a sense that I will make uh, clearer uh, quickly. So he's trying actually to uh, define his task as Trying to displace something, or to dissenter uh, himself, or to get rid of something from himself. So the job of a thinker is actually to try to not to objectify, not to give foundation for, but uh, to to open new possibilities, or to diagnosis, to give a diagnosis of um, the opening of new possibilities. And these new possibilities at the time uh, are identified with structuralism, not as a form of anti-humanism, properly speaking, but precisely as a form of uh, overcoming of the debate between the philosophical humanist foundation and the positivistic um, aggression, in a way, against philosophy. So he's trying to uh, to say that it is possible to think in a, not, in a non-objective way without pretending to think in a foundational way. So it's possible to try to... Um, or rather, the question, how does he do that? So he would, he would do that actually by exhausting, and that's the word that Canguillem would use about the cogito. He's trying to think by exhausting the possibilities. So what does that mean? It, mean it, it means that he's trying to do something that Etienne is very keen on doing in general. Uh, that is, he's trying to show that uh, the different options, or the different rather, different positions available, uh, are in fact different variants within a system. And uh, so the, the, the game is actually to, uh, to show uh, that this system can be closed in a way, that there is something complete in this system. And this system is actually the system of representation that starts, according to Foucault, with the classical age, and has never been really uh, closed. So it's trying to identify, if you want, it's not that there are false oppositions and false variations, but there are variations that in the end compose a, a system. That is a set of options that are defined by one another as being variants to one another. And he's trying to, uh, uh, by the very exertion of these possibilities, to leave some room for something else that is not yet uh, identified. So it's a, yeah, it's a kind of becketing work uh, to make it unbreathable in a way. Well, you, you find yourself everywhere there. You know, everything is an echo of everything. You have the impression that it's uh, uh, that it's um, playing the same game uh, everywhere. Okay, and so it is uh, by this work that Foucault thinks that you will, in a certain way, get rid of these presuppositions, in a certain way, you know, of these forms of thought, Uh But if you want objectifying them, but not in the sense that they are things in the world, objects in the sense that they can be discovered out there, they are objectified simply because the subject of knowledge is in a certain way distanced from this space of knowledge that constitutes him. This is, in fact, an anthropological work, in the sense he defines himself, uh, he defines it in uh, The Order of Things through uh, the work of Levi's post that Etienne has alluded to. Indeed, uh, so there is uh, another form, as Etienne says, there is another form of anthropology. And this form of anthropology doesn't consist in providing a theory of a particular kind of being that would be called the anthropos, man, or the humans. But anthropology would be more like a method. It would be more like a method. And it would not be uh, so. It would not be a theory of a particular object, but rather a method in relation to oneself. It Would be more a practice of oneself rather than uh, a theory of an object. And it's a practice of oneself that consists or that aims at uh, distancing oneself from oneself, right? using the split that is constituted of subjectivity uh, in order to um, to deepen it. And um, interestingly, this notion of anthropology will not use the notion of radical negation, as Heidegger, at least in the 30s, does, and as Sartre, again, will do in a very sophisticated way, as a matter of fact, but still. So man will not be defined as this object that negates all objectivity. But actually, the concept that will come in place of the notion of negation will be the notion of variation it's clear that I will actually uh, like to uh, open a, uh, uh, maybe a discussion with uh, Etienne, because Etienne has suggested the notion of relation. And uh, the, uh, I've, I've, I've spoken of the notion of difference before. So these are the, uh, the concepts that we will, I think, uh, have to discuss. So what does it mean, the notion of variation? will mean that, in fact, the, the aim of the anthropologist is actually to define himself or herself in relation to other forms of thought, that is, possibilities of herself, in such a way that she becomes a variant in a system. This work itself will be a work of dissociation, of self dissociation. It, it consists in redefining everything, in particular oneself, into <coughs> okay, uh, the variation. Okay. In that sense, anthropology is indeed an exercise of the limits. So what we're trying to do here is to explore the limits. And it's a critical exercise and not a theoretical one. But critical, not in the sense that, as Foucault will make it clear later, it consists in trying to identify the conditions of legitimacy and possibility of a certain number of theoretical, practical, or aesthetic claims. But critical in the sense that it is a practice of uh, self-distanciation okay so uh let me just finish by uh that point on the notion of difference variation relation so i I think it would be interesting to uh discuss a bit later maybe today uh on these on these concepts so clearly the notion of gender that uh, you will approach tomorrow is uh, a notion that is um Dependent upon, or in a way rather constitutive of uh, such philosophical questions as the relation between difference and universality, or indeed relation and identity, and so on. And I think the so, change the position here is uh, is to say, okay. So what we need to find is um, we need to find these points, these occasions, in which the very condition of universality is encountered by us. So it could be gender difference, indeed. Uh, It could be, as I said, the difference between the sane and the insane. It is certainly, and I know that's something that Etienne is very concerned with, the difference uh, between uh, the manual and the intellectual, which was at the heart, in particular, of the Maoist uh, movement, and particularly Maoist challenge to Althusser. It's these kind of differences uh, that are uh, in question. And again, these are differences are differences because they are internal differences They make the subject problematic for itself. And it's occasion in which we encounter within, if you want, the world, the condition of possibility of our own universality. So, here I think we have an interesting conflict of method. Well, it's not a conflict, but we have a set of options here. And, um, I would suggest that the notion of anthropology, uh, is also trying to, uh, do something similar to what Etienne wants to do, uh, but in a different way. And so, Etienne alluded to Descola's work, for instance, uh, and, uh, it is indeed the case that, that in the post-Leristotian anthropology today, that is in the discipline of ethnology, if you want, uh, there are a certain number of questions very similar to the one that uh, Etienne is interested in. So indeed, there, what have they discovered, basically? They have discovered that the very concept of culture is itself a cultural concept. It's not a big discovery in a way, but it's a very deep one, if you just want to take it seriously. So what does it mean? It means that uh, this way of construing the differences, the variations that we encounter, as cultural differences, so basically, if we misunderstand one another, it's because we don't share the same culture. This way of uh, phrasing the problem, the dissensus, uh, is itself a contingent, is itself our own way of doing it, certainly. So what we need to do is actually to take seriously what other people say and to try to understand this very notion of culture in a broader space of their use. And that includes, in fact, people who actually say that the differences between uh, the entities are not cultural, but natural. In fact, since, um, that's the work in particular of the Brazilian anthropologist Eduardo de, Barros de Castro, who attempted a junction between uh, Deleuze and Lévi-Strauss in a recent book uh, published in French called Metaphysique Cannibale, where he... Uh, he Precisely uh, starts with this remark made by uh, some Amazonian Indians uh, people who actually say that all beings, all species, uh, in fact, all share the same way of life. So they all drink beer, they all live uh, under uh, nice roofs, uh, and they all uh, have, uh, of course, um, marriages and alliances and so on. Uh, but they differ, by their, they differ by their body. So the jaguar is actually a man, nothing other than a man. We're all, they're all human, and they all share the same culture as the Arawate, uh, but in fact they have, a different, they have a different body. And that's exactly the same uh, for the enemies, just different in terms of the way the body is made. That's the differences. So, what that means is that that's what's behind this call as anthropology of nature, in fact. So, it's basically the way, uh, the very forms of identification of differences and identities is, uh, conveyed is precisely what we should compare. Not presupposing that we can actually attribute to a particular realm of life, which is called culture, the role of, um, of being the space in which differences exist. So we have basically to open the concept of difference uh, in, a, in a completely uh, unbounded way. We have to accept that differences actually might mean that we don't know where the difference can be traced. Uh, and uh, to, to that, I think, is uh, also what is behind um, Etienne's work. Um, do you have more time? or Could I have a couple of minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, to, just to go back to uh, the um, to the question of uh, of the transdisciplinary problem. So, uh, you you might have remarked that uh, Etienne was interested in the notion of quasi transcendental, and if I, I hope it is clear from what I've said, that the differences, or what he calls anthropological differences, are indeed quasi-transcendental in the sense that they are neither empirical, they cannot be entirely objectified, nor transcendental in the sense that they cannot be entirely made foundational. The quasi-transcendental in uh, in Foucault's work are uh, life, work, and language. So these, I think, would be an interesting case study, indeed, uh, in terms of uh, these transdisciplinary concepts that had both an empirical scientific side and a philosophical side, because they served both as a foundational uh, instrument, for instance, in the philosophy of life of Schopenhauer, the philosophy of work, according to Foucault uh, of Marx, the philosophy of language, that you would find, for instance, in Humboldt and others, but they also have, of course, um, uh, an empirical role, in the constitution of biology, of economy, and of linguistics. So to reintroduce this notion of quasi transcendental today, it would be interesting to see whether the differences that uh, Etienne is interested in, or the limits, in general, that I am interested in, have any empirical role to play. Rather, are operating, if you want to be clearer, are operating within the field of knowledge, of social knowledge, whatever it is, not even social knowledge. And uh, so I think the concept that we will be interested in, and gender is one of them, uh, are indeed concepts that uh, have this role of being or providing instruments for radical critique of philosophy itself, but also operating within uh, these uh, uh, epistemic spaces. Are there other concepts like that? Could be. I would suggest that uh, indeed the notion of nature is one of them. And uh, so now the, the other question is actually uh, whether we can identify what Deleuze, what sorry, what Etienne is doing. <laughs> 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 ah. <laughs> Uh, Sorry about that. That's a good point, point, isn't it? So uh, we can identify what Etienne is doing as uh, providing at the same time not only a framework for identifying the relation between the empirical and philosophical, but also uh, the political problem which are behind that. And I think that's the case. That's clearly the case. Because the question, as I said in the beginning, and it will end by that, the question is nothing but... How can we inherit from the legacy of the uh, modern political agenda, which is uh, to do something with universality? Voilà. Thank you very much.